This podcast should not be considered as medical or legal advice. If you are looking for such advice, then please contact a licensed professional. But do find someone that has a brain and can think critically about what's going on in the world today. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabiola. We will be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the Common Collective, as well as why the Common Collective resists new information. Declaration of Independence, the, the preamble says that there's two forces that will guide the, the leadership of this country. One is natural law and one is God. And it describes them as being opposed to one another, separate from one another. And so we have a country that has come to believe that nature and God are separate. Humans and nature are separate. And for that, we have completely lost our own sovereignty. We don't trust a sovereign concept of God or spirituality, whatever it is. And so I think that we have around us as a society a long-standing disease of not knowing who we are, where we lie within nature. Stainlov's graph has developed a powerful and detailed model of the psychodynamics of birth, which he divides into four perinatal stages, uterine bliss, confinement, struggle, and emergence into the light. Since birth is the archetype of the process of separation and individuation, it is useful to apply Graf's model metaphorically to our present condition. The first stage of the birth process covers the months before the fetus has begun to push up against the limits of the uterus. She lives in a warm, rhythmic, rocky environment where her needs are automatically met effortlessly. All she does is exist and grow, physically and mentally. The psychological state corresponding to stage one is one of complete security, complacency, and a feeling of no limits. The world offers endless room for growth. In the mythic realm, stage one is represented by the Garden of Eden, where every need is effortlessly met. And in the golden age of ancient legend, when people still lived in the bosom of nature and knew not struggle and strife, the earth herself, without compulsion, untouched by hoe or plowshare, or herself gave all things needful. In terms of humanity and the earth, stage one was the hunter-gatherer stage. Although life had its occasional tragedy and pain, just as the fetus is sometimes subjected to disturbances in the womb, the overall environment was bounteous and nurturing. We had not yet begun to test the limits of the environment or see the world as limited. This attitude that there is unlimited room to grow can be found in the biblical injunction, be fruitful and multiply. As a natural consequence of growth, the uterus eventually becomes confining. The fetus loses her freedom of movement as a once blissful universe turns against her. Because the cervix is still close, There is literally no way out of this increasingly uncomfortable predicament. When the contractions start, universal, all-encompassing pressure bears down on the fetus from every direction. Stage 2 thus corresponds to psychological states of despair, depression, and hopelessness. In stage two, the Eden of the uterus has become a hell. Just as there is no way out for the fetus, hell is a place beyond hope of redemption. The basic condition of the universe is that of hopeless suffering. In the language of mystics, this state is known as the dark night of the soul, the feeling of utter abandonment by God. The last century, encompassing two world wars, genocide after genocide, and the accelerating deterioration of the living planet, has finally rendered utterly transparent the illusion that control over nature and its 
apothesis in the machine could ever fulfill its utopian promise. It laid bare the bankruptcy of our solutions and hence our hopelessness to improve what we, seeing no alternative, called the human condition. We were stuck, trapped. The machines our servants had enslaved us. The womb turned poisonous. Meanwhile, our scientific ideology exacerbated those feelings of hopelessness, meaninglessness, and abandonment by putting us in a mechanistic, spiritless universe. It is very simple. A fetus grows. The womb is finite. The limits of growth trigger a birth crisis. Unbearable though it is, stage two is a necessary part of any birth process. In stage three, a way out is finally glimpsed. There, this way out is not some technological fix that makes the womb inhabitable just a little while longer, much less a technotopian fantasy in which the womb magically becomes infinitely large. That would be a recipe for stagnation and stillbirth. In stage three, the enormous pressures on the fetus are revealed to have a purpose, a direction as the cervix opens and a light shines through, promising a new world. The physical distress of the fetus is even greater now that it was in stage two. She is subject to titanic pressures that slowly propel her through the birth canal, a life and death struggle occupying the whole of her being. At this point, there is no going back to the womb of the familiar, for that womb is a hell now. And besides, the pressures of birth are too great to resist. While physically more difficult, psychologically, a stage three state is easier to bear, for the light ahead gives hope and direction. For the human species, it represents our growing knowledge that another way of life is possible. At this point, it may seem that we're resisting the birth process, trying to climb back into the womb, maintaining the delusion of endless linear growth, even as it crushes us. This is not unusual in a stage three dynamic. Say we enter a new job or relationship, grow within it, then eventually bump up against its limits. The job or relationship becomes increasingly intolerable, but we bear with it, see no alternative and hardly daring to believe that the good womb has reached a limit. Then a new possibility presents itself, a new career, a new or transformed relationship, but we may shy away from it in fear, preferring the womb of the familiar, even as it grows increasingly intolerable. We crawl back in, but the next contraction is even stronger. Some people go back and forth until their sta status quo becomes truly intolerable. The early contractions are the gentlest. The first might be a glimpse of an opportunity. Eventually, the womb of the old situation becomes a living hell and is impossible to go back. Forces beyond our conscious control take over and we are born into a new world. Collectively, we humans have experienced only the beginning of the birth pains that will propel us into a new world we have glimpsed. The crisis rapidly converging on our species are nothing less than the uterine contractions that will propel us into a new way of being. On the mythological level, stage 3 corresponds to religious archetypes of Armageddon, the final battle between good and evil. Ragnarok, the battle between the gods and the giants in Norse mythology. At Ragnarok, all the worthy warriors who died in battle fight on the side of the gods. This myth refers to the common struggle that we all experience. It means that our personal battles have universal significance. The collective transformation of our species can only be the sum of billions of individual transformations each dri uh, driven by the intersection of generalized crises with our individual lives. No longer will we be able to hide from them. No longer will they be something that happens somewhere else to someone else. In one form or another, they will affect us all personally. 
Because we are not discrete individuals, but exist in relationship to the rest of humanity and the rest of nature, it is impossible to enjoy lasting health amidst an alien society in a poisoned planet. It is impossible. It is a contradiction in terms. In stage four of birth, the baby is born into a new and unimagined world where he becomes an anatomically distinct individual. In any kind of birth process, the entity being born cannot imagine what lies beyond the mother's body. In the case of humanity as well, the new society we are being born into is probably beyond imagining. I suspect my halting attempts to describe an age of reunion fall woefully short of its true magnificence. Whatever form collective humanity and individual life will take, one thing is certain. It will not be a final triumph or mastery over nature. We will be no more independent of nature than an infant, having outgrown the umbilical connection, is independent of her mother. Birth is a journey that starts with blissful oneness, proceeds through an increasingly unbearable confinement, climaxes in a heroic struggle, and ends with a return to the one, but at a new level of being. In human birth, this is the breast, the reuniting with the mother in a new, more highly individuated way. Once upon a time, we were enwombed in nature without the possibility of even an illusory separation. In the age of reunion that will follow the present birthing, we will gaze upon Mother Nature's face with the adoring eyes of an infant. We humans, and even the planet herself, are undergoing a birthing. To what state we can only speculate. We have passed through the long gestation of the hunter-gatherer. We have grown up against the limits of our environment until we could grow no more. And now the labor is beginning that will likely stretch our capacities to the limit. Perhaps nothing less than an all-out struggle will secure the survival of our species. Perhaps only in such a struggle can we rise to our potential and our purpose. In healing the, reuni the reunion of nature, goodness, beauty, and life, we will transcend who we were and be born into something else. All right, Fabiola, how are you? I'm good, Leo. How are you? Wow, okay, breathe. <laughs> I just I just think it's a magnificent piece. This is called the Perinatal, Perinatal Matrix. And that's um that's our boy, Charles Eisenstein, right? We did a uh, episode on one of his Substack pieces last season. I think it was last season, right? I think it was season two. Maybe, maybe. season two. No, I think it was last yes. season. I'm pretty sure it was last season. Because uh, I know it was here in this house when mm -hmm. we did that. And we that was season uh, four. But um, So he talks about Stainleaf Groff. And I just want to give some context on who that person is. He's also known as Stan Groff. He's a Czech-born psychiatrist. He's been living in the United States um, since the 60s. He, and he's one of the principal developers of transpersonal psychology and research. And so he just came up with those stages as it relates to birth. And Eisenstein did an amazing job comparing it to what we have been going through as mankind on this planet. And is very applicable to this phase we're going through and how the world has been changing for the past couple of years, and how the pressure seems to continue to increase. But with that increase of pressure, that also means we can see a light at the end of the tunnel. And that's how I feel on this new season. I feel like in this new year, that was a shift. Something's just clicking. And even though with, I guess, a war going on now. <laughs> with Potential war. Potential war. <laughs> potential war. Um, with the violence, with the tyranny, with the convoy in Canada and how that ended. Even with all that and with 
the knowing that the pressure is increasing, there's also a knowing that we are almost there, that we have turned a corner and there's hope and there is, we're burning into, we're being born into something new. And we're not sure what that's going to look like, but inside me, it feels, it feels good. It, it feels like it's going to be something amazing. Yeah, I mean, we, we read through this, um, it is a little practice run before we did it here in the recording. And uh, I had some new things that jumped out at me. And again, they may not be what he was meaning to get at. It may be more just, you know, what some of the, the references he makes, makes me kind of hearken to. And, and, you know, he, he was like saying, you know, we're at this point where we have all these pressures, you know, that are kind of pushing us, but, you know, we have this tendency, we want to just kind of, fall back into the security of the womb, Mm -hmm. you know, even though the womb is really what's pressuring us to get out into this new thing, Mm -hmm. you know, this new phase. Um, And I think that, you know, what we've gone through here, you know, we're, we're at this moment where things seem like the, 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 the clenched fist is just kind of opened a bit and everybody's like, Oh, okay. I think it's all done. It's all over. And, uh, um, you know, I, I uh, uh, so I think I think people are like, oh, I just want to get back to you know my football games. Let and, me go back to the womb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to go back to my football games. I want to go back to uh, uh, wine parties and you know and all this stuff. And not that anything was wrong with those things, but I mean, I think that that a lot of people have found themselves at a much deeper level since all this had happened. And mm-hmm. sometimes that deeper level is a little bit more. Uh, challenging even for yourself i mean i think it's more gratifying because it's it, it gets you thinking on a daily basis as opposed to just going through the motions like so many people do mm-hmm. i mean i know i was in that that space you know just going through the motions right now when we get up it's like okay what what can we really make of this day you know uh what's something new we can get involved in uh what's something risky we can we can partake in and and uh make memories and all that bold. <laughs> yeah yeah and and so um, I, I do think it's interesting because I can kind of feel that 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 clinch open up, and um, just even a lot of the people that I visit with, you know, it's like uh, they're not going to those reflexive places that people have been going for the last couple of years. And and again, I'm not saying that's that's bad, but I I do want to go to people and I want to say, hey, are you? projecting are are you taking what you learned and then projecting yourself into something new here or are you just resetting Mm -hmm. back to that default position yes you know and and, there is still a sense of trying to hold on to what it was in 2019 and also in a way really uh being grateful you know just recognizing what it was even though maybe we didn't we took we took a lot of it for granted you know that it was just easy you could just move through the world and imagine going to places different countries you know just exploring and now being in that space where well it's it's a it's a time to explore but in a different way it's like a journey within not a journey outside of ourselves basically it's it's you know it's that pressure that's really forcing you to gather your strength from within and understanding that you have the power to be born and and, and create something new too yeah and you know we're um I'm not going to mention what we're 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 working on, you know, like what we met this morning around, mm-hmm. you know, because that's still at early stages and stuff. But I mean, you know, we had uh, uh, what well, we were on the we were on a conference call for what like three hours, mm-hmm. you know, with a bunch of people that we didn't even know a year a ago. year ago, you know, and and we are planning something. Um, really rather involved you know and and it's really more of a uh um i don't even know what you would a lifestyle thing you know for for uh, our family you know and Mm -hmm. and uh it's uh it's pretty exciting i mean it it seems a little daunting you know a little (laughs) okay quite daunting quite daunting but but uh uh when you've got a lot of 
people who are excited about the same type of vision. I mean, I know we all see it a little bit differently, mm-hmm. but but you know the overall direction. Uh, it, it's really cool, and to think you know we that wasn't even on our radar, you know, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I ran across a quote the other day by Infinite Waters. It says, "Instead of attacking what you hate." Start promoting what you love. Be that change you wish to see. Yeah, well, I know we had that conversation even just before this episode, right? Because uh, I was saying, hey, maybe we should go back to, you know, we did a couple episodes talking about, you know, natural law and and, Mm -hmm. and some of those related topics. Maybe we should kind of go back to our standby, what's going on in the world, you know, and, and I had had, I had, a few, check in. I had a few clips, uh, old, uh, Billy Gates. He, he had a couple Dr. of, Gates. he had, he had a couple of, uh, moments at a conference, which, uh, uh I thought were just in, interesting that I wanted to kind of time capsule in the, in the podcast. But, but then, you know, you, you had a point, you're like, do we really want to go back to that? You know? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, fuck Bill Gates. You know, <laughs> we don't we don't need to give him any more airtime. Just just know that he, he continues to be up to his antics. You Let's know? go, Bill. Yeah, yeah. So so I I think that and was you know, nice. And Bill is kind of part of this 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 new birth. You know, this pressure. He's like a shot of pitocin. He's he's yeah. <laughs> well, he's yeah. That's right. Shot of pitocin. They're all. I th- I thought it was interesting in this article they did talk. Uh, Charles did touch and chew um, the metaverse. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. What what did he say? Exactly? He says uh, this way out is not some technological fix. That makes the womb inhabitable. Ah, yeah. Just a little while longer. Much less a technotopian fantasy in which the womb magically becomes infinitely large. I I didn't even... I I noticed they said that, but it didn't quite dawn on me what they were getting at. Yes. So So that's what he was talking about. And I feel like this new... At least how does it tie in with what we've been talking about in the season so far... It ties into, you know, the the system is the womb at this point. Yeah. You know, and if you want to play in the system, there will be this pressure, this well, increasing pressure to try to, you know, continue to participate. You got to. You got to kind of surrender your soul in a way. Well, it, your beingness, your 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 humanity. And I, I kind of looked at. Uh, the womb, at least I was kind of consuming it as the womb is, you know, what you think you know. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? And and then when you're going through this labor, you know, it's like the womb is saying, okay, look, there's a lot more going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's so, a whole new world out there. There's a whole there. other <laughs> world out there. Let's not use new world. Okay. But there's a whole other world out there. Why and, not new world? <laughs> yeah, new world order. Okay. But, um, you know, so so your your world or what you think you know is is saying, look, you're you've outgrown this, okay? There's more. Mm-hmm. So here we're pushing you out into that, and and uh, and there's going to be a reconnection too. I thought that was so beautiful. He says in the end, you know, as you come into this world, you reconnect to the mother in a different way. So the baby reconnects through the breast, the breast right? And it stays connected there for a little while. So it, it still needs the mother. It's not separate from the mother. So I feel this is really very much a return to the mother. You have to know where you came from type of the thing. The mother meaning the, the earth. Right. You know, nature. A return to nature. Because that's really, if you want to stay in this three-dimensional reality and experience what this reality has to offer you know the beautiful nature the sunshine the breeze on your face all those things and you have to connect to nature and then we have There's that, no other way we had that other clip of uh, zach bush at the beginning and he was kind of talking about the separation between um natural law and and, and god was that mm-hmm. what he was saying and it it's almost like the the Declaration of Independence is basically talking about us being separate from nature. 
like we're not one in our source you know god our source and we're all interconnected and at this point really we can't say anymore oh yeah i'm not i'm not worried about this because it's not affecting me it's affecting all of us we're all in this in this world together in this you know in this womb together mm-hmm and we're all feeling that pressure. We're all feeling that pressure, but it's we we see the light. Um, so we wanted to play, um, and the, this is how I got into this article. I was listening to Aubrey Marcus podcast, and Aubrey Marcus, he's. He, I like to. I don't know. I, I thought I that was a good description. He, yeah, he reminds me of Joe Rogan with actual depth, you know, actual substance. You know, I, you know, nothing against Joe. But I just, I just feel there's a lot missing there. I mean, he, I, I will say this though. I mean, I've probably consumed uh, uh, 150, mm-hmm. 170 hours of Joe Rogan in 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 my time, and I know you haven't put probably even no, an hour I haven't. In. So, and, so, and it's because really, it does not resonate for me. It doesn't like. There's just, to me, it just feels like there's this lack of authenticity there. There's some sort of, it's still there's some sort of pact that he's, he's keeping. He's not, it's kind of like the, the movie Mulan, you know, when she wasn't really, she was, she was not owning who she was. So her chi wasn't really flowing, you know, that's kind of how I feel about Joe. I did not think you were going to segue into comparing <laughs> Joe with Mulan. That 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 wasn't in the script. Okay. But, so, anyways, I feel like Aubrey goes into, you know, more of a. He's he seems like he's more online. Yeah, but I'm more I'm, connected. I was looking at this clip while we were we were, and, and he's got like a necklace on that goes down to the middle of his chest with a, like a big old I don't know it's some like. <laughs> A marijuana leaf or something. I have no idea. Well, what I think it is, Joe smokes too. No, so. no, no. I just mean it. Just men wearing jewelry like that. Oh, boohoo, boohoo. But anyways, it was this uh, episode on his podcast. It's it's well, his podcast is the Aubrey Marcus podcast, and we'll have a link to this amazing talk that him, Eisenstein, and Zach Bush had. But Aubrey, he's a best-selling author. And he's also, you know, he has a business too. I mean, some very interesting things on his website. But anyways, this um, this podcast episode was just fantastic. It was just like at one point they were the three of them were just talking and they got so emotional they just started crying. Oh, I mean, my. where do you ever <laughs> All right. see men be so vulnerable? Even Leo is starting to get a little uncomfortable here. But anyways, we're going to play a I'm clip of... I'm not uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> Eisenstein just kind of explaining a little bit about the stages, these stages of the perinatal matrix and talking about his essay in his words. All right. So, Charles, if you want to start with uh, with just a cursory explanation of the map of uh, Dr. Groff's basic perinatal matrices one to four. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So he divides the birth process, any birth process, into four stages. The first being uterine bliss or the, the stage of, of growth without limit, without apparent limit. Where all your needs are provided for, and you know there could be bad experiences in the womb, but it's generally like an all-providing, all-nourishing environment, which, as growth continues, transitions gradually <clears throat> into a stage into stage two, which begins with confinement and a feeling of of the world closing, pressing in on you, <clears throat> and then enters into the contractions before the cervix is opened. So there's a feeling of, of pressure, increasing, increasing, increasing pressure, but no way out. And it corresponds to existential philosophy and no exit and despair. There's, so each of these stages have psychological components. And then, <clears throat> and so as it reaches a peak of intolerability, 
with no alternative, it transitions to stage three when the cervix opens and the baby begins to, to move down the birth canal, which on one level is even a more intense experience as titanic forces are bearing down on you. But psychologically, it's a lot different because you can literally see a light at the end of the tunnel. And you know that all of this is bringing you toward a new world. You can't imagine what the new world is, but you've received hints of it, even in stage one. <clears throat> stage four, then, is the emergence into a new world, uh, a separation from all that you've known, but in ideal circumstances, a reconnection with the mother. And in, in the newfound freedom of this yes. brand new world, a world of light and a world of, yes. of individuation. And an interesting part of, as I've understood it, um, you know, I was very fortunate. My father knew Stan Groff. And so I was, I was brought up with this, this information. And he talks about in stage three, BPM three, that there's a sense of you're fighting for something. Like you finally have something that you know you're fighting for and you see the light and you're fighting for it. And even if you're not fighting as the baby because you're being pushed, you're so inexorably connected to the mother who is fighting, who is pushing, who is breathing, like, you know, full Lamaze, like we're getting, we're getting through this and you in your unity with the mother are participating in this fighting. And if it all goes smoothly, the psychological kind of initial primordial wash of what you understand is plenum bpm1 just the plenum of everything is taken care of collapse hell everything has gone to shit there's no hope then there's hope and then there's a way to fight and you fight together and you make it and you make it through and if you've had interruptions in that it can psychologically have an effect so i'll just briefly tell my story to exemplify this so my mother was a professional tennis player a fighter a great athlete and she was in labor for 12 hours pushing and it was overnight so her doctor main doctor wasn't there so she had another doctor and the doctor was casually paying attention just telling her push keep pushing keep pushing and my mom was pushing and breathing for 12 hours well it turns out that her bones were too tight for my head to come out so it was impossible are so, you sure your head wasn't too big <laughs> you're right zach <laughs> My head is too big. Sorry, mom. I've been telling this story the whole time. I was trying not to say anything. I'm glad that you spoke. It's a very externalized story here. Dang it. My head was too this big. Somehow mom's oh, Sorry, mom. Her, her bones were too small. Hello. My yeah, take was, some responsibility here. God damn it. My head was too big. Oh, this changes everything. Uh, all right. So my head was too big. <laughs> And ultimately, we, we were stuck. And then there had to be an intervention, which was finally the doctor woke up and they called him. He's like, what are you doing? His, his head can't fit out. Like C-section, like this is not going to work. And so I was pulled out into the light. So my, I've identified that I have this deep like willingness to fight, a willingness to fight. But where I can sometimes lose hope is that I can lose hope that I'll succeed without some massive intervention right like i'm willing to fight but i don't necessarily believe that the fighting will will succeed mm -hmm. and so this has been something that i've that i've noticed in myself that's like oh yeah i'll fucking fight i'll fight i'll fight to the very last breath i know that about myself but do i think i'm gonna win do i think it's gonna work mm -hmm. maybe not you know and that's that maybe comes from understand groff's idea it comes from that process so that's an interesting way that it applies individually, but of course, you know, as you can see, it can apply collectively or to any birthing process. So, uh, the birthing process of mankind. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, do you think there's a lot of people that, um, I, I thought that was actually a pretty good metaphor, you know, like, mm -hmm. it, it, it's like, I'll fight, but do I really think we can win, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, uh, you kind of have to get over that, that mm -hmm. thought, you know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's interesting uh, what he was talking about, you know, the, the birthing process. Like it's your first, it's your first impression of the world, of this new world. And we're talking about rituals and actually the next episode, if Leo approves <laughs> we wanted to talk about um that ritual 
that is the birthing process, how it's been taken over by the system, you know, which is really a ritual that is sterile, right? You go to a hospital, it's sterile. Uh, baby comes out. Uh, there is a, you know, uh, uh, many times uh, the the mothers are scared and if they feel like the you're a week past or two weeks past, uh, your body's probably not working and there needs to be an intervention. There could be something wrong with the baby. And then the medical establishment steps in and kind of interrupts that process. And then, you know, baby's first impression of the world ends up affecting them for the rest of their lives and they don't even know. So in this particular um, episode, which you're going to share in the show notes, they were talking about, you know, the increase in C-section rates and how babies just don't, a lot of the time actually here in this country, I think the C-section rate is around 35% in the country. I was born, it's like 90% or something ridiculous like that. I feel like a lot of the women are going back Yeah, I thought into, I heard they were, the trend is trending down. Yeah, it's trending down, but it's basically you just go and you schedule your, you know, your, when you're going to well, deliver I, your baby. And I didn't even think of that in, in uh, you know, if we, if we think all processes have meaning, you mm-hmm. know, then that process of that struggle, mm-hmm. you know, is, is that... Um, is that teaching something very important, mm-hmm. you know, of, of how to uh, uh, to deal with that struggle and to mm-hmm. persevere. And if you are, you know, for lack of a better term, you're literally just cut out. Yeah. You're not, you haven't gone through that struggle. And not saying that there's no place for C-sections. I mean, there's definitely allopathic medicine, I feel. It's fantastic at emergencies, you know, mm-hmm. if you have emergencies, but I think it's just we're a little bit out of touch on what is an emergency, when is it applicable, and when does the doctor have a golf game that he's got to get yeah. to, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not. I mean, well, we've seen that, we've heard that, you yeah, know. But I mean, birthing is a journey, you know. I've done it three times. It's definitely a journey, and actually, for the for for the woman. If there is the space and if she feels empowered, I mean, giving birth is an euphoric experience. I mean, it's portrayed everywhere. Like, it's this this horrible thing you see on TV, the women it's screaming. like an exorcism. Yeah, like an exorcism. And really, it's, it's really nothing like that, at least for me. It wasn't, it was just a quiet, very introspective process. I mean, is there pain? Yes, there is pain, but it's not like somebody's stabbing you to death. Yeah, you know? there's not the screaming. Yeah, you know? I mean, and then maybe some women, that's how they express themselves, you know? Yeah. That was not how I expressed myself, but it's not always the case that it's going to be this horrible experience. It's actually extremely empowering and beautiful experience and you i just feel like women have been giving birth for thousands of years you know on their own or with other women you know and that in that symbiotic safe space and of course there's a, a role for the husband there uh, but then all of a sudden the last 100 years has just been taken over and the process has been taken over over and ritualized in ways that might be really affecting our our society in ways that we don't even know. No, it's a good point. I, I wasn't even thinking of that in, until uh, he, he, he said that little story. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah, you're right. It's kind of that first struggle yeah. that you go it's through. It's your first impression. Yeah, yeah. It's your first impression of the world. Yeah. So Zach has a follow-up clip in that same uh, podcast episode that I wanted to play, and it's, it's then applying these principles to this moment in history we're going through with uh, the pandemic. Related, but the the concept of judgment, I think, is polluting the water so strongly right now for rational thought, rational behavior. We have become, in our deep sense of insecurity, we fall back to ego. 
the master of judgment, you know, and it's always looking to damn something external. Mom's pelvis is too small, so I can't get out, whatever it is, you know. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> <laughs> By the way, head size is lifelong. <laughs> it's still here. It's just metaphorical now. Fuck. <laughs> but uh, I think that there's a real deep opportunity. The reason for the tenor of the polarization happening right now on the planet is because we're about to lose fear and guilt. We're about to let go of ego as such a constituent of the human experience. And like the birth pains, you have to squeeze the crap out of those last few anchors that you have keeping you inside the womb, you know. And so I really think that the loss of judgment and the understanding that there is not good and evil, there is not right and wrong, there is human experience. And once we finally let go of that strong effort towards externalizing our experience and start to internalize the reality that this is my life, I wrote this thing. Like, I am a sovereign being, an ancient soul that has composed a life that would guide me to my highest potential to contribute something to a humanity that is about to enter a birth canal moment. And we showed up right now. Like there's no way that this is accidental that 7.8 billion souls showed up right now. If it really was the worst of times, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have joined. This is the best of times. This is the best thing that has ever been for humanity. This moment is the best. Everybody wants to be here for this moment. We do not That's want to That's why we have peak population over the next 30 years. Everyone wants to be here. Yeah. So you want to be here. Mm -hmm. You're only, here. Only the, the badass souls have come to experience this moment. And I think even the podcast, they expand into, you know, the whole universe is just watching. It's like the Super Bowl. You know, everybody's come out for the Super Bowl here. Is mankind going to reunite with nature? Yeah. No, I, I, I like that, what he's saying. And uh, Is it going to find its source again? Yeah, I, I keep coming back to that, that, uh, that uh, you know, metaphor of the, of the uh, uh, caterpillar, you know, mm -hmm. going into the chrysalis and mm -hmm. liquefying and then becoming the butterfly. You know, mm -hmm. we're, we're in the soup. But we're in the soup. We're in the soup, but uh, I thought it was interesting because he talked about the loss of judgment, letting go of the ego, ego, and I think last episode of our of season four, we were talking to Christian about these amazing things that are coming. They yeah. are here in just in the brink of just transforming the world into something really amazing and we get a little scared you know because we are always in this dual paradigm you know good and evil uh, good and bad uh judging judging each other really judging another for whatever choices they make instead of coming together in a way with a new vision and we've been trying we've been we've been relearning how to work together i think mm -hmm. and also it reminds me of the journey you went through several years ago uh in the option institute mm -hmm. you know and learning that there is there's no good and good or bad yeah, it's what you want and what you don't want. And what you want and what you don't want. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's very interesting, and uh, I have a lot of things going through my head just from what you were you you were saying, and and uh, the, the the no good or evil. I mean, I think like I was just talking with our older son today, and he was mentioning that uh, I think he saw a picture of our old house from. Uh, kansas city and and, mm -hmm. and he was like yeah you know that was uh that was really sad you know when when we left there and mm -hmm. and uh and i said uh well i mean 
are you sad right now? And I he said, no. And I go, okay. But I mean, so, so why are you thinking about that? And he's like, oh, you know, I mean, that was just normal for me. And I said, well, I mean, you know, all these people, you know, I, 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 I listed out some of our friends, you know, that now they, they love to hang out with all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I go, if we hadn't gone through that, that pain of that, of, of, of breaking away from there, then you would have, those people would have never been in your life, mm-hmm. you know? It, but I think in the moment, right, you can't, you, you just say, is this good for me or is this bad for me? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, uh, cause you can't see, you can't see the, the new world. Exactly. What exactly. it's going to be because yeah, that was really painful. It's like going into this direction that we didn't really want to go, but we felt like, we had to. It was like going through the birth canal. We had to. We just got into a situation where there was no going back. I mean, we even held on to the, the home, right? We held on to it. And then the last time that we we went in there to say goodbye, it really, it really felt like our presence wasn't there anymore. You know, oh, yeah, we'd like already our, kind of evacuated the premises. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be super hard. And we had a nice little, we had, uh, it's us and our kids, yeah. the whole family there, and we had a nice yeah, little Tessa moment. Yeah, was born in the house, yeah. you know, like Tristan was born in the previous house, and so much history, I mean, so much healing that the kids went through in that house. And, and a lot of good uh, events with friends mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, that yeah. was a party house. It was a party house, yes. yeah. Yes, actually, all our friends were a little a little sad when we saw the house because that was where we brought everyone together. And now here we are in this new place where we're again bringing the new, new friends together and making memories. Yeah, and what's interesting is that... Uh, uh, I guess we were somewhat inconveniently located in Kansas City, you know. Yeah, and but, pe- but people still made the trip, and uh-huh. and now we're even more inconveniently located, mm-hmm. you know. And we're definitely and, tucked in. You know, you know, we're fifty minutes away from uh, civilization. The, 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 <laughs> most of the people that we we hang out with, and they still come. Mm-hmm. You know, they still come because there is something very special here. Yeah. So I mean, we're, we're we're going. You know, there's a lot going on, right? We've got. You know, you mentioned earlier that there's this shenanigans in Ukraine with you know Russia and all that, mm-hmm. and and uh, it, it is interesting. You almost don't even want to to interact with it. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean, because again, it's all it's a synthetic reality. Yeah. It's not really part of our reality, and things are. With technology are exponentially more manufactured. You know, we know the wars are manipulated, you know. Yeah, certainly the news is. So, you know, yeah. it, it's like to engage in it. It's like So I, why do we Yeah, I mean, I think even, people I think people now, at least the people that we are um, most connected to, you know, they they are seeing the same thing you know what i mean at least mm-hmm. that's what i'm hearing from mm-hmm. from from some of them it's just like uh, there is no counter argument there is you know what i mean it's it's just everything is just one-sided it's it's uh you know so so i mean it, it's great because then you don't have to have those conversations with people because everybody seems like they're that we're connected everybody to is seems on the same to page. see the see through it yeah now the wars are just you know to perpetuate division and profit from and (laughs) (laughs) you can't even go into it i can't because it's so sad you know it's such a sad like we're in such a nice state of just envisioning this new world that you know old paradigm is so uh 2020 (laughs) yeah so i i would i would actually tell people and we will link to this eisenstein piece mm-hmm. I, I think it's worth probably a couple read-throughs and you'll pick different things up each time because you know we, we've mm-hmm. even picked stuff up while we, we've been talking here um you know again we we focused in on eisenstein uh on that episode i think it was uh 
mob morality and scapegoating. Uh-huh. And then we had uh, his essay, The Gathering of the Tribes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the last yeah. episode of the season, of season really four. And that was really good. And I like to, when I'm feeling a little, need to pick me up, I like to listen to it again. <laughs> yeah, so we would highly recommend him. He does, does he have his own podcast, or does he just goes on all these other people's? Is that what um, it is? He has actually a blog yeah, with stack, all his yeah. essays, and you can donate to him. I think he's mainly a writer, and then... I've seen him. He shows up quite a bit in in Aubrey's uh, podcast. Just you know, just reflecting on philosophy and what what's coming. You know, where the and even if we don't, people don't. And and that's the that's the interesting thing. And it reminds me of the training that we went through in the Option Institute. Um, we don't know what's coming. We don't know. Like we're in the in this in this in-between stage. And if we don't know, why do we want to go with the world is going to shit scenario? Yeah, there are a million There are a million. There's avenues. There's a million possibilities, right? And at the end of the day, we don't know. And maybe if we think, yes, the world is going to shit, how are we going to prepare for that, I guess? Um, that can be helpful. And I think we have operated into that that paradigm i feel like 2020 and 2021 of a lot of 2021 at least i can speak for myself on that and it was just it just didn't feel good i mean it was just stressful you can hardly breathe as you're going through you know imagining the future of your kids it's totally gonna suck and and i mean at the end of the day just felt like it was just draining the life out of me and eventually it just came to the conclusion i mean it, it could be whatever you know it could be whatever whatever we wanted to be what do we want to create out of this you know why why can we just use this as an, an opportunity to create something new something great something that's meaningful yeah I, and i didn't personally really f- feel the 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 stress there were maybe a couple two or three moments mm-hmm. you know um like especially when we were traveling and stuff like that but but uh it, really, I, I was kind of like the more of a shit show it becomes. I'm kind of like that's that's great because the shit show is the soup. You know what yeah. I mean? And <laughs> yes. I, and it's like oh god, you have to. I mean, even if you were dead asleep, you can see the incredulity. You know what yeah. I mean? Of this, it's so ridiculous. And so yeah. so I was just like oh yeah, all right, they fucked up again. That's uh-huh. awesome. You know? Uh-huh. So it, it it really worked out. I think. Yeah, I mean, if you can't see that man. If mankind can see that, can see through that, and I think more and more people can see through it. Yeah. Well, hey, I think... uh, We're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up. Sunday night. We're a little bit early, but hey, that's okay. You don't need to uh, prolong uh, uh, the inevitable end here. Uh, So we really appreciate you guys listening. Tell everyone about the Telegram group. Get on the Telegram group for Collective Resistance Podcast. (laughs) But Fabi, what else do you want to tell everybody? Hey, everyone. Stay healthy, stay safe, stay curious.